So what happens when you have a trading range and then you hang out at like the higher end of the trading range, but you can't bust through? You wait for a catalyst. Is that catalyst to take us to the downside? That's Tesla. We'll talk about that in just a few minutes. But we got some earnings in the green too. Las Vegas Sands, LRCX, even IBM in the green a little bit. Which way is this market going, folks? It's Thursday on pre-market prep. I'm back. Let's figure things out. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's pre-market prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Okay, folks, here we are. We're down 33 handles, just sinking here off the Tesla earnings. Uh, broke through a pair of lows from Monday and Wednesday. That's not a good sign. Buck in the red. That's down 11 cents at 101.55. Bonds back to 130. Better hold here. Trading range 130 to 134. We're up about a half a point. Uh, crude falls out of the 80 handle when I'm gone. Down a buck and a quarter at 77.99. Where are you, PK? PK. Uh, gold up 630 at 2013.60. Silver remaining in the 25 handle up 2.9 cents at 25.40. And Bitcoin, we lost that 30 handle, folks. Uh, we are down $625 at 28,640. Going to bring in Money Mitch. Money Mitch, I guess I get a, an extra day of vacation because uh, Dennis is taking the day off. Well, like always, I said today in the chat, and I said it, I'm going to have to channel my inner Triple D today. Got to bring the rants. Got to feel it today, right? I mean, hey, Triple D going to be out. I'm going to have to bring a little bit of extra today. So I got you, team. I'm ready to go. Fire it up. All right. Just one second, though. Did did you and Triple D, like, did you, how did you guys end up? Are you guys still, like, did, are you guys bullish, bearish? You know, what, what, mm, what's going on? That's where, the where interesting guys, part, right? Yeah, I mean, where are you guys at? I could tell you at least Dennis said yesterday that he's getting more into the neutral, neutral camp. And so I, I'm slowly pulling him into the bull camp, I feel oh. like, because I've been leaning more bull and bull. I've been looking at this kind of rise in the banks as a sign of confidence for the market. Of course, yes, we are taking a little bit of a seat back today, but I still think that this market is looking bullish and it's looking rosy. I know that we can turn around at any point, but. I think it's going to be all dependent, really, not necessarily on Tesla's report, but on the big boys next week, right? Mm -hmm. We'll start getting Microsoft. We'll start getting Google. Those charts look great, right? Tesla's chart didn't actually look great to begin with. So I think that those are going to matter a little bit more. I'm in the bull camp here. I think Dennis is leaning more to what? Looking for pullback entries. He's not trying to buy, of course, on this rip, but he sees that potentially, especially if tech can pull back, 
there's probably going to be some pullback buyers here waiting. So the question is where the levels are that you're looking for those pullbacks. That's really going to matter here. So you guys, so you guys are both still bullish. So okay, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, ba I'm bearish then. So, so you, gonna, you I, came from the cave. You came. I, I, well, here, here's the way I look at it. Um, right. Man, we're just hanging up here too long. You know, mm. and, and we got to bust through now in uh, the whole thing. I, the reason I didn't want to bump off my high for the year thing, and which is definitely in jeopardy is, is I want to see how this earnings season was going to go. And um, boy, it's just trading range. I mean, if you look at it, we've gone nowhere over the last three, four or five sessions. I just mm -hmm. think it's so important over the next couple of days to Bust over 4,200, you know, establish that print, get above and make another leg. It just feels like we're just, we're just hanging. We're just hanging here at the top of the trading range. Volatility's coming in. Well, that's good. The only thing about volatility coming in is that it's not always going to be that way. So, well, Joel, you're yeah. not flipping on me. You're not flipping on me. But the chat accent, are you flipping on your teams over here, man? The FA, FAU owl shirt on? <laughs> I'm a I'm a, I'm a big sports fan, folks. And I uh, hear you, Joe. You You're just man. addicted and, uh, to sports, man. Addicted yeah, to sports. And, Not a bad uh, thing. You know what? I I FAU has been in my heart for a long time. I've trained at that pool at FAU. I remember oh. when they were in nothing school. I remember when yeah. Howard Schnellenberger was their football coach. And uh heck, they make the final four. So uh had to get had to get the family shirts so uh yeah, uh, yeah. we give them a shout out i mean making the final four that's not bad at all for fau i mean shout out to them all right let's keep going let's go to the tesla report of course that's what oh, everyone oh, wants yes. to talk about today and i mean a lot of people were wondering what was going to happen right with tesla let's talk a little bit about what we got here okay so the at least the earnings wise right came in line eps 85 cents Sales 23.33 billion beat the 23.29 billion estimate. This is where, if you just read this line, you'd think probably Tesla would be up today. But let's give the rest of the numbers, right? We'll go through deliveries, production, and then really what it's all about is the margins team. Let's talk about the Q1 deliveries 422,875, up 36% year over year. Total production at 440,808, up 44% year over year. And operating margin at 11.4% versus 16% in Q4 and 19.2% in Q1 of 2022. So from the year-over-year -year outlook, the operating margin has gone from last year in Q1, 19.2%, down to 11.4% now. That's definitely taking an effect. Tesla reported a decrease in operating margins, said profitability was impacted by increased raw material costs, reduced ASPS, lower credit revenues and cost of production ramp for 46080s uh 4680 cells. Tesla said Berlin, Texas factories would continue to provide margin headwinds until they reach intended volumes. Tesla essentially is going to need to sacrifice margins here to continue winning the share. Now, on a positive note, just to give some positive, Tesla did say that they're anticipating having a delivery event for their Cybertruck probably in Q3. 
They also said they achieved a 25% reduction in cost of goods sold in Q1, but that margin's definitely hitting them hard. Hmm. I mean, the price action's all you need to look at, and uh, this had its big run, right? Uh, 23, where did we start out here? Let me get the, the data window. I got to fix my retracement tool. Let's see. Uh, let's call it uh, 102. And then let's just call it 218, right? That's pretty easy. That's a that's a 116 point move. That's a big old move, right? Half of that. Let's just call. Wow, my math is 60 and 60 is 120. So let's call it 58. You take 58 off this 102 low, takes you back to the 160 area. Uh, it's hard to say that the pre market low is in because uh, we've hit 163.55. And you're not that far off it. So for some reason, like when I'm looking at this chart, and I usually don't give you this formation very often or, or talk like this, but man, we got to trade it. We got to trade it here. Like we got it. I don't know if we're going to come down and fill the gap in the, in the upper or lower 140s. Uh, I don't think we're going right back to 180. It just looks like this chart has some work to do, maybe between 145 and and 180 and now you're still in that lower part you know kind of the uh, lower portion of the range but i just I'm, I'm not running out to buy it today i don't know if the next couple days are going to bode well either um the next daily low that you have to lean on is 163.91 that's above the pre-market low so that's all i could give you for today a couple other lows above 160 but for just some reason, you know, instead of looking left, I'm going to look right here and I could just see, you know, Tesla, you know, especially if the market tanks, which it's doing right now, you know, maybe coming down into the lower 140s and maybe going back and filling the gap at 180. So I just think you're going to find a new range here in Tesla. Uh, and I don't think it's going to be a higher range, especially based on this report. Yeah, I think it's going to be a battle now. And I think I, I was always talking about this year would be big for Tesla and it wouldn't be necessarily the products they already have, but new products. And it seems like it hasn't given them the lift that is intended, right? Cybertruck Outlook, that's going to be now pushed back to Q3. That's a little bit still further down the line. Maybe when that actually starts getting going, they could get a little bit of hype back. But it seems to me like uh, a lot of what is being viewed on here is margins going down, demand probably coming down because of high interest rates. So they just think that overall Tesla's going to struggle right here unless they can bring something new, bring something sexy. But right now, I think this makes sense, right? Not that many cars going to be sold in a high interest rate environment. Of course, this is a higher end consumer but if they're lowering margins here just to try to get these sold, there has to be some kind of demand issue here that they're seeing. Is Elon, has he been not taking that? I really didn't pay much attention to Twitter over the last couple of days. Uh, is there been, um, has he been, has he been tweeting? Has he been talking about Twitter? I mean, this whole Twitter thing too. I mean, that's got, that's, that's gotta be distractions. Yeah. Distractions, that's gotta right? be weighing on the company. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, it's hard. Put it this way. It's hard to get super excited here, you know, at this level after the run that it had, you know, in January and part of February. Um, and just with the market, you know, it's just, I, I think, you know, maybe if the market picks it up, 
breaks above 4,200, uh, you know, it's fine. It will get dragged along with the index. You know, nor can I see it like, you know, someone said, oh, Tesla's going to 85 bucks. I have no idea if Tesla's going to get, you know, cut in half in here. What, what you just have to look at is hey, one heck of a run in January, cooled off in February, tried to regain its mojo in March and part of April. And now it's just now it's just resuming a, a downtrend, basically, since it had since it made an all time high in uh, December of two, uh, November of 2021. All right, let's go to a nice little up move today. Let's go to Las Vegas Sands, or as I like to call it now, Macau Sands, because it just seems like that's where their exposure is. But Las Vegas Sands Q1 EPS 28 cents beat the 18 cent estimate. Sales of 2.12 billion beat the 1.82 billion estimate. And yes, Joel, I'm thinking the same thing for Tita, for Tita, for Tita. Man, he called it well down there. Oh man, I think he got this thing in like 38 or like 36 and man, he's killing it right now. Yeah, we was uh, and I remember uh, him going into the wind as well. Uh man, I don't you know, I I can't really poo-poo this whole uh this whole you know um uh, sector because it's been performing really well. Yeah. Uh nice boost has. here up 309 right near the pre-market high. So we'll keep an eye, you know, close eye on that. 60, uh, 62.82 is your pre-market high. What do your dailies give you? Your dailies are not getting anything. What I would do in this one, like it really is going to be hard to predict where it's going to, you know, all the action today. But this this 60 level, that was the high for the month. If this is true, we're 245 away from here. If this is like another move up to 65, then we got to build a base here at the top of this range. It was the top of the range in February with a 60, uh, 34 high. You got a little bit above it in March when you went to 60, 99, you were just standing here. So that, you know, after this big run up, you know, even 22, 23, if it could, you know, put up another air, like show me support two, three, four, five lows at the $60 area, then boom. I'll look for that move to 65. If you get a fade off this one, uh, then watch out. Back under 60. Just have to be aware that this is not traded above 60 for any appreciable amount of time until uh, since May of 2021. That's almost two years ago. All right, lots of earnings reports to go. We're going to keep it moving, team. You guys out there in the chat, smash that like. Let us know if there's any stock you guys want to stay on a little bit more. We'll definitely catch you guys in the chat. Let's keep it moving. Let's go to Lamb Research Corporation here as they see Q4 adjusted EPS at $4.25 to $5.75 for the guidance here versus a $5.63 estimate. Revenues also on the outlook of 2.8 to 3.4 versus a 3.47 billion estimate. So a little bit under the guidance. Um, they did beat here with $6.99, beating the $6.54 estimate. Sales of $3.87 billion beat the $3.83 billion estimate. Lamb Research is one that I'm definitely going to keep an eye on. Of course, we're talking more of the equipment and materials behind Semiconductor. But, hey, 500 right above it. And tech stocks have been strong. It's been holding here. And there's a, a nice little support level. You can see a lot of support kind of underneath, especially towards 475, 
What do you think about these levels? Yeah, I think he did a great job on that, Mitch. I mean, uh, you know, 480, 475 to 480, but you know, what's that going to do for you with the stock trading at 395? Uh, I think first things first, uh, off the headline number, you know, you did poke your head above 500, but now you're not. Now you're not there. So I would, I would make real sure if you're playing this for the long side, that it gets up, it takes out yesterday's high, psychological 500, the high is 50044. Make sure it takes that. And if it doesn't show the momentum to get to 50586, hmm, I'd be careful here. I'd be careful on the downside. I don't think we're going to see, uh, you know, this support area. You're very, very well could, but I'd draw a line above that 480. I'd stick with it on the long side. But once it starts to get heavy on 480, not so much worried about the 475. Uh, what well, actually that low was lower than that 467. I don't know 480 to 505. Uh, that's the way break out or break below for LRCX. Yeah, I'm going to keep watch on this company. I didn't hear too much mentions of it in the report, but one thing that I'll be looking at in this. Uh, industry overall is to how the kind of the chips act and you know how our, our limiting of certain semiconductors is affecting stocks like this so keep an eye on the, if you hear any talk of course about that let's go to ibm now that's slightly up after their earnings q1 eps here at a dollar 36 beats the dollar 26 estimate sales of 14.25 billion missed the 14.35 billion estimate and ibm sees fiscal 23 year uh free cash flow at 10.5 billion dollars ibm the beamer <laughs> you know for uh, I, I didn't watch much CNBC over the last couple of days, but I, I did catch this guy on there. I think it was yesterday talking about the earnings. And he was like, well, um, basically, you know, uh, recently I just been uh, doing the trading range, trading it from 100 to 150. And I'm like, well, dude, man, it didn't trade under 100 since uh, uh, since COVID. And it had one poke over 150. So I don't know. Before you go on the ears and say those kind of things, you got to look at what the actual trading range is. You might want to look at the stock. I, I don't know what to say about this thing. I mean, it got hit off its last earnings report. Never really recovered. Uh, the pre, You're already way off the pre-market high of uh, 131.43. So you've already late. I think what uh, traders should focus on here is you can even it can even get to 129 right now. Uh, a pair of highs, your two and three day highs are right there, right under 129. So I use that. If this is a good report, they're going to get 129 bid. They're going to take it through the four day high, and they're going to get into 130 handle. Coming back on the downside here, boom. Uh, easily see the top of yesterday's range at 126.98. So if you're looking uh, on a gap fill here, but Street wasn't super excited about it going into the report. Got a pop. It's faded off that pop. I mean, just, you know, did they say anything about AI? Not yet. Not enough. I'll tell you that much. They need to change something up. And if they have all that free cash flow, go spend that free cash flow. Yeah. 
Go they, get me something bought, sexy, man. Who they bought? Red Hat a while? Was it Red Hat they bought or Redfin? <sighs> they need Red something. Hat. They need something, Joel. Like they need something with AI that can really get them moving because if not, they're going to get left in a time when they should be thriving, right? At least I would think, you know, Watson, you know, shouldn't they be taken off during this time? They should be the I leaders in AI. Yeah, this. I mean, we've talked about Man. this company for years, and uh, you know, one day, one day, it may have its GE moment. But uh, look at that thing climbing towards GE. Don't digit. stop! It's going to one hundred, baby. Man, I don't know. Maybe they need a split. I don't know. I mean, whatever. You know, they've always had decent reports, but they're. I mean, it's just. It's just block. I mean, it's the just... profitability is there, but they just need to figure a way, I think, to not stress so much on profitability. Go back to some growth, right? I mean, do something. Change up the, the strategy here because is it really giving shareholders value here? I don't think so. It's been going sideways pretty much for since like 2016. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And and eventually you got to change something up. That's what I would say to the board. We'll see what happens, right? Hopefully IBM changes something up to get them a little bit sexier. Let's go to TSM, uh, kind of a tech stock too. I want to kind of stay in the tech stocks here. Um, so let's go to TSM here. Taiwan Semiconductor Q1, $1.31 beat the $1.20 estimate. Sales of $16.72 billion missed the $16.81 billion estimate. They do expect fiscal... 23 revenues of 15.2 billion to 16.0 billion. Um, you guys can see here, this one's, I think it's just one that I don't think too many people want exposures to. And uh, we heard why Warren sold, right? It's the same concern why we haven't gotten in it, right? And I think that in that case, I think that yes, you can take your shots in TSM if you feel nothing will ever come to play. But this is a stay away from me here. What do you see on the charts, at least for today, Joel? Uh, I did get a little bit of a pop uh, up 86 cents. I mean, to me, it's, you know, 80 to 90. I mean, it did have that little flirt. You know, here Warren took it down, right, when Warren sold. And it came back up, you know, tried to get back up to that area and then sold off again. It seemed like a, you made a lower high off the February high here. You made a lower high uh, in you know, on the margin rebound. And then this one too, it just kind of, well, what was the other chart I was looking at? When I was looking at the Tesla chart, you know, and I'm like, well, maybe this thing could trade 140, 150, once, you know, trade in that area. This is kind of what it feels like for me for like this TSM. Like, it, you know, it got up here because Warren bought it. It hasn't come down because Warren sold it. And, you know, just this whole, this was all Warren here. Um, mm -hmm. in this area so for me you know i don't know is it going to come back into the 70s and fill but fill a gap in the lower 80s but i keep a real close eye it's holding in there the trend's up it's holding 85 um i would just pick your poison make sure that uh, if it gets to 89 84 uh keep an eye out because i think that 90 level is going to be big all right, EKS did give us some outlook there that said that he seen uh, th that they stated really bad demand here also for TSM. So maybe do a little bit deeper dive into the report, especially if you guys are trading or investing in TSM. 
All right, let's get out of TSM there. Let's go to let's go to some of these smaller banks that are reporting today. I want to kind of mention these. Of course, we'll go to Truis Financial here, TFCE, and we'll do uh, Fifth Third Bank Corp. So we'll just put them together here. Truis Financial adjusted EPS at a dollar nine misses the dollar fourteen estimate. Sales of six point one billion. Uh, beat the 6.09 billion estimate. They did clock 15% top line growth in Q1. Um, and then we go to Fifth Third Bank Corp. That's FITB. Uh, adjusted here came in at a beat at 83 cents, beat the 79 cent estimate. Sales of 2.21 billion missed the 2.23 billion estimate. And of course, we'll see how these regional banks perform yesterday's uh, kind of surprise one, of course, WAL, that continued higher after a sell-off at the beginning. I took my shot, team. I said, you know what? Yesterday, I started seeing more confidence coming into these regional banks. We've seen how some of the first reports had come in. I was looking at Morgan Stanley in the morning because, of course, we saw how that one faded off. And as soon as it started kind of just immediately kind of getting bought at the open i said you know what i'm gonna take my shot in kre so yesterday i took my shot in kre just underneath 43 and then kind of added towards it later in the day was able to take some profits yesterday on a nice little push now i'm just continuing this swing trade i'd like to kick it to you joel especially since you had a couple days off how do you see the regional banks now hanging in there you know, that's really, yeah, yeah it, it, it's hanging in there. Um, Do you see more confidence, like, from the charts? Are the charts showing yeah, you a little I mean, bit more this, confidence? Yeah, I mean, for this, uh, well, for the, the KRE, I mean, you you know, you tried to decide between 40 and 40, what, uh, what's that, 40 and 44 or 40 and 42? Mm -hmm. uh, and, no, between 42 and 44. Market took a long time to decide its mind up. Look at that. Look at all the almost for the whole month of April. You stayed between uh, 42 and 44. Now you poke your head above 44. That's a good thing. But is it temporary? Can you get back up to yesterday's high, even yesterday's close? Same kind of thing as we talked about with that Las Vegas stands. Sands. Can you establish a 44 bit? Can this market give you those lows in that area? You know, set the foundation and make the rise up to 46. So, you know, good day. Move out of this range. You just got to be careful. Is it just going to go right back into that 42, 44 range? Or they're saying finally got some legs. Trading down 48 cents. Uh, talking uh, TFC here. Boom, boom, boom. That's down 60 cents. I mean, that needs to show you I'm 36 bid. That we're, we're not worried about this anymore. And we're going back to 46 didn't quite get there yesterday. Um, on the downside, I do like the $34 area, just under 34. Let's call it 33.60, 33.70. That splits the lows from the last two sessions. And then you mentioned FITB. Yeah. That's and, down and 47 cents. Once again, you know, had a good day yesterday. Street leaning long into the report. Uh, way above yesterday's low at uh, 2701. So you establish a low, you know, right here, 27, 2030, 2730, 2740. Boom, try and get back up to that $28 level. We have to keep an eye on 28 because you had to close at 802 with the high at 817. So 
you don't know if someone has more to go at uh, at 28. And then I was just looking at Chuck. Did Chuck get uh, some good news uh, over the last couple days or? Well, they had earnings early and then that started getting them going. But okay. I think that that gave enough confidence where you started seeing people taking some shots. And, and now it's had it's only it's like kind of a three day rally. I maybe look for a little bit of a pullback after uh-huh. a three-day rally, right? It doesn't look too bad to kind of pull back. I have my 90 MA closer towards 53.22, so maybe 53.25, somewhere like that on a pullback. Doesn't seem too bad for me on Charles Schwab. And one thing that came out on the earnings was there was no bad news. Everyone was like, where's the bad news that Schwab is hiding from us? Well, they didn't get anything in the earnings report. Things seemed okay underneath the hood. So they were scheduled to report and they reported or they came out early? No, they they were scheduled to report. It just, it came out and it gave it a little bit of a sign of confidence, I think, in Schwab. You know what? Uh, This, this one, I was talking with Christian about this one too. Numbers, numbers, numbers. They got us. They got us looking out for us. The beer guy's looking out for us. (laughs) Who else would you want looking out for you? Who else would you want? All right. So here you guys got it. All right. Initial jobless claims. The consensus is 240,000 to come in prior 239,000. Of course, we've been seeing this starting to tick up, right? So more jobless claims coming in. That's a good thing, at least for the Fed not to continue raising rates, right? We'll see what happens on continuous jobless claims. Also getting Philadelphia Fed manufacturing index to come in here. It's about to hit here. We got about a second or two, about to be 8.30. What are you seeing on the price action, Joel? Trying to pop it a little bit, trying to get back above. Boy, we got to just keep an eye on 41.50 here. Uh, As I looked at my notes, Monday's low was 41.48. Wednesday's low was 41.50.50. So that is the area of the last two lows. So I don't know, was it yesterday we had the big down... There was one day I there, I saw there was like a big down open and they brought it right back up. I think that was yesterday. Let's see. That, that's at least they're trying to establish that scenario right now. Pre-market low comes in at 41.43. Uh, not much in here. But uh, with all the big components in the red here, Spoos are having a hard time uh, catching a bid here above uh, 41.50. Well, it looks like that. That pop is sold. It looks like the Tesla earnings and all that red tech and everything is going to be the theme of the day. Initial jobless claims coming in here, 245,000 versus a 240 estimate. This looks good, at least for the outlook that if you're starting to see the labor market kind of continue to weaken, of course, it's not strong kind of, it's not like a, a really kind of a leak there. It's just slowly going into the right direction, at least not coming in light. Uh, also jobless continuous claims coming in at a thou- uh, one point. 865 uh, million versus 1.82 million expected. So a little bit higher also. And the prior was 1.81. So definitely showing that jobless claims are continuing to go higher. Let's talk about Philadelphia manufacturing index here. Uh, it came in for April at 30, negative 31.3 versus a negative 19.2 estimate. 23 uh, negative 23.2 prior showing what slowing down of the economy there. Um, so that's what you guys are seeing in the numbers today. 
We'll see how this affects the market. Will this continue the downside action that we saw from uh, Tesla's earnings or will we be able to climb back? That's what we'll be watching for. Boy, oh boy. I I mean, these are the, the numbers, you know, good numbers, bad numbers, bad numbers, good numbers. Uh, <laughs> you know, you're going to see that unemployment rate going up, you know, and it's just a yeah. point of where, you know, whether it turns into like, oh, we're going to, you know, it's going up so fast. We're going into a recession. And, um, you know, right now, still not seeing that on the horizon. It's, uh, you know, good to see the job market cooling down a little bit but man this once again you know this data is so lat you know it's so lagging we'll just have to see maybe get a, it's going to get a little bump up you know maybe during some summer hiring so i don't think this is you know this gives you any clear data that you know the fed pivot or you know we beat inflation or interest rates are you know are changing it's just kind of i think it's just kind of keeping with uh the status quo with those numbers yeah, I think you're right on the the focus will be for recession and, and kind of things like that. But I think slowly as we keep going further and further uh, kind of into this kind of lull period uh, with numbers where we'll just be watching inflation to see if we get a spike. I think what we're going to be is kind of slowly but surely maybe these numbers aren't as important as they were in the past. Right. Slowly kind of diminishing their effects. Uh, but we'll see. That's that's really what it's all about. We'll have to wait to find out about that. All right, Joel, you want to go ahead and get to our guest. Then we've got a lot more earnings to talk about. So stick around, team. Like always, smash the like. Let's get to our guest today. Let's do it, team. <laughs> Good morning. All right. I like that. I like that laugh. Me Schneider from Market Gage uh, joining us here uh, early on pre-market prep. I'm uh, thinking about you and the modern family, but I'm first going to ask, how are you and how is your family? Well, thank you so much for asking. I'm great. Santa Fe, finally spring. It's been very long in the coming. Yeah, the really that we, we got into that whole Arctic winter here, which was unusual. Ooh. So anyway, we're we're great. Everybody's great. I'm going to it's Vegas. One place, it's one place Lisa says uh, that's on her bucket list. Is she wants to go to she wants to go to Santa Fe. We haven't ever been there. She said it's absolutely gorgeous. Oh well, if you do decide to come, please let me know for sure. We'll show you around. Okay. All right. So here we are. We could go. We could go into the modern family here in a second. But uh, you know, me being in the markets, you know, for many years, like myself. You get to points, right, where you get to turning points. And we've had this really nice rally, right? Not off the greatest information that oh, we whooped inflation or there's a Fed pivot. But, you know, here we are, we're like right at the highs of the year. We're at earnings season, but, you know, we just we can't bust through. And obviously earnings are the most determinant of the market direction, but do you see like any other catalyst that could either, you know, push us through that 4,200 and make a new high for the year or, or something to be more determined of like, Hey, you had your chance at the top of the trading range again, and you missed it. <laughs> well, what's so incredible is I've watched certain moving averages forever. And there's usually one or two that play out well, this year, more than ever before, there's this 23-month moving average that has been actually 
technically perfect, right? And the reason why I like this 23-month moving average this year is because you had two years of a business cycle with 2021 being super bullish, 2022 being super bearish, and 2023 trying to figure it out. And there's a guy back in the 1800s named Benner who studied these short-term cycles within a big-term business cycle, which are typically anywhere from six to 10 years. So here we are trying to figure out where we're going in our next business cycle. And if there's anything that re doesn't reflect better than this, I, I'm not sure what it is. But every time we get up to that 23-month moving average, we sell off. A couple of times, and it's been a while that we've gotten near the bottom, we're closer to where, let's say, an 80-month or a longer-term business cycle is, we hold. And that's the trading range of a stagflation environment that people cannot seem to wrap their heads around. So what would be the catalyst to get us through that 23-month moving average? Well, clearly, we would have to see that companies are surviving the incredible speed of rate of change in the interest rates, that the Fed will stop that pricing power has prevailed and the consumer can deal with not only higher interest rates, but higher costs of everything. And it seems like a tall order. We know the market looks forward. So if at any point it gets a glimpse that we can get through that, we may see the rally. But at this point, we may stay stuck probably even for another year because this guy Benner goes three years, not just two. That's interesting because I've talked about, you know, the pandemic, you know, a shock to the uh, you know, not only to like to, to humans and society, but the supply chains. And you look at something; it was just going to take a long, a long time to work itself out, right? Instead of perhaps going into a you know restrictive mode with the Fed, they had to go the opposite way and just you know monetary easing beyond easing. Uh, but I want to switch over to the modern family now. How many? I forget um, how many different members are there in the modern family. Well, there used to be six, but we added a cryptocurrency through Bitcoin a few years ago. So, so now, now there's seven. Seven, yes, yes. The the, the mighty seven, the fabulous seven. Okay. Um, <laughs> and, and there's always one. If you have seven kids, which I don't, there's always one that's kind of like misbehaving, right? At least one. And you hope that that doesn't spill into the others. And uh, I've, if I had to look at one that was misbehaving or giving me, you know, I'd be like, making sure he's doing his homework and staying after school. Um, this, these, uh, this Russell, these small caps, man, I, I wish they would, I mean, they've rallied off the March low, but it's just like when they go down, they go down. When the market goes up, they don't seem to go, go up as much. What's going, what's going on with, uh, with the little runt there, the, the small caps. Gramps. Why well, actually he's not the child. He's the, he's the granddad. Granddad. Oh. Which is even more disturbing because he's certainly showing his age right now. And we know that there are times when he's seemingly, seemingly taken some good medicine and, and vitamins and gotten going. But exactly right. So the small caps, what do they reflect? They reflect 2,000 stocks that are all really basically manufactured within the United States. So if you want to see economic stress, that's where you go. Now, the stress is not as bad as it was, say, in October or even when we sold off again in December, and it has been holding. But if you look at its performance relative, say, to the NASDAQ or even the diamonds, it's been really horrible. And so until we see those small caps, they can't even get through 180 if you're looking at IWM, let alone that 23-month moving average that I was talking about, which is over 200.
So even if we got through 180, we'd still not be out of the woods and showing any level of expansion. And why I'm mentioning that moving average is over that area is a sign of expansion. We are in stagnation when it comes to especially the small caps. And of course, I heard before I came on, I heard you all talking about KRE. You know, that's our prodigal son. So he's also not behaving very well. And he actually gave us the very first sign right before the banking news came out in early March. That, that KRE instrument already broke down. And forget the 23-month. That thing is below everything, below the 80-month. It's really showing. That's where you're really seeing the deepest signs of recession. If it can't play catch-up, it will continue to be a thorn, I believe, for everything. Definitely. We don't want to see that because we've seen enough uncertainty definitely in the regional banks. But it seems like at least the the bigger banks have been doing well, right? And one thing that I have seen for sure is a little bit more sign of confidence. Are you concerned about any financial worries out there? Or are you feeling a little bit more confident about the situation? Well, I feel the same that I've really basically felt all year, which is when you have a trading range like we have, and it's very similar to a former history trading ranges when you're in this type of situation where there's been accommodative Fed policy, the dollar's not sure what it wants to do, inflation is creeping up still, even though people don't want to really talk about it. And you have a, a point where um, there's a lot of cash on the sidelines, so investors are still wanting to jump in. You know, to me, this is really exactly what I would expect, which is you, I would have more confidence if we held great support levels than trying to buy a rally against a trading range unless I saw some real shift in the macro. And that would have to look like, first of all, inflation. You know, so we haven't really talked about that nasty word, but I'm sure you've heard rice. The production of rice in India down 31% um, and Pakistan, because Pakistan had huge floods. People seem to think these Mother Nature cataclysmic events don't have any impact on food. Sugar's been in shortage. I even read olive oil is 20% is, is higher than what it was. And we know even though the grains have come off, that can change at any point. Certainly here we've had some issues in terms of our growing season. So I, I, I'd like to see that cycle has to go through. And what I try to explain to people is you can't point a finger, this is this fault, this is that fault, this is this fault. This is years of low production in terms of food crops because prices were cheap and there was abundance and demand and supply were being met. COVID happened. I don't have to go through that whole history supply chain. I heard you guys mention all of that labor. But now we're in a situation where things got planted, but Mother Nature didn't behave. And it takes a while to see these things cycle back. It could be another two years before we start to see abundance of crops in these things. And so that's why I'm really sticking to, I'll be confident that you can catch some short-term pops. And certainly we have, particularly in tech. But in terms of my long-term bullish picture, I think we need to be a little bit more patient. And we may be looking out to 2024, 2025, before we start to see all of this stuff sort out and the market could then carry on to where it used to be before COVID. All right, let's uh, let's go to another big part of the uh, the economy that, that that touches on on business. It touches on the consumer, uh, leisure, travel, 
transportation. I mean, I'm looking at old, old grandpa. What uh, it's uh, you know, what about what about the transportation index? Just uh, hanging out, uh, you know, not not looking great. What's your what's your take on all that? Well, that certainly a great question, Joel. That would be probably KRE would have to hang in the game, but it wouldn't necessarily have to start leading. That we could really wait a long time for that to happen. But transportation, I have seen in the past when people get really bearish in the market. And all of a sudden, transportation pokes its head out and starts to lead, and then the rest of the market catches on. And why? Obviously, demand. So if we start to see good demand, no matter what you're hearing in terms of the numbers, it's telling you that if demand is coming back, things aren't as bad as we think. So right now, transportation is actually doing better uh, than even KRE, uh, well, certainly than KRE, but even XRT, which is retail, another, that's grandma, that's not doing so great, but transportation actually poked its head up and now is bumping into the resistance around this 228, 229. I'm looking at IYT and that that could get going past these levels and get through, say, 240. That's the key 23 month moving average. That would tell you that we're starting to see expansion and not just a pop off the lows in the demand sector that would probably be the catalyst to get me feeling a little bit happier about the turn of events here for this year. All right. So now we can go, of course, to the health of the consumer, right, with XRT. And this is a very interesting area for me because I think this is going to be kind of the real kind of binary situation, right? Recession or not recession. What do you think here, Mish? Well, right now, Granny's not looking too happy either. So um, that is a concern. So as much as demand could hold up here, we know if it can't continue and it looks around the family. And this is kind of why the family works so well, right? Because one of them starts leading, looks around, waits for some company. And if that company doesn't transpire, then we know that family member starts to turn down. And that's kind of where Granny, which is obviously uh, the, the consumer, and then demand, they work in sync very, very often. So if, if XRT, and we haven't even begun really earnings in the retail area, if that cannot hold up above 59.60 in XRT, that would now be much more concerning, not just for recession, but, um, but also even that we have this expanded stagflation scenario, because if we can't bring those costs of goods down, and this is why you're seeing silver up and gold up uh, and sugar and coffee, these softs. If the consumer can hang in there in the cost of that and this breaks down, then, then I think we would probably start to be looking at SPY closer to 3,500, maybe even lower. I mean, so we're at a really critical junction right here, but I wouldn't get too bearish or too bullish while we're stuck in the middle of this range. All right, the tech trade has been strong. The mega cac tech has uh, really brought us off to the levels that we're at. Um, and also the semiconductors. Uh, you know, what a move you've had in NVIDIA, AMD, uh, LRCX is moving higher this morning. So if you want to point to a positive here, I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at the uh, Van Eck Vectors uh, Semiconductor ETF. Man, just got a 
big bid. Well, it's losing that bid at 250 today, but uh, nice move in that. And that, you know, that touches AI and it touches cars and it touches so many different parts of our economy. Is, uh, is this something that's uh, a little bit of an optimistic sign to you, Mish? Well, the, she's also in our family. Like I said, I've, I've, I've tagged them into characters. This is sister semiconductors, often whom we call Wonder Woman, right? Because tech has often led many of the rallies that we've seen over the many years. And we know they can't be sustained again without the rest of the family following. Now, semiconductors is the only one of the modern family that has actually broken her head above this two-year business cycle, trying to show some level of expansion. But just like everything we just said, if there's no follow-through with the other sectors, we know what happens. That that area looks around and says, what's wrong? Whether it's rising interest rates, rising costs, whether it's geopolitical stress, obviously there's that buzzing around. Um, then you know that that can't sustain. So with SMH right now, it's certainly been the place to go make money. I hope people take profits on some of these moves. We've been long, let's say, NVIDIA, for example. But if it breaks down under 246, which is exactly where that 23-month moving average is, as we end April, because it's a monthly moving average, because the rest of the family says not so much, then I would say that that tech could actually reverse hard because it's been the most crowded space for the bulls kind of been holding us up here that's for sure mish snyder from market gauge a long-term fan of long-term guest and fan of the show uh, joining us here on pre-market prep giving us a very very broad outlook um, on the markets which uh we always appreciate uh we already appreciate it cautious but trying to remain optimistic thanks a lot mish thanks joel come to santa fe i am around the way all, All right. right, let's take a look back into the market. How are we looking, yeah. Joel? We're, we're just lingering in the 4140 handle, which uh not a good sign. I mean, this is the lows for the last two areas. You can see the bulls are, are trying to dig in here. Uh, but with your, you know, let's see, I got the spy down uh 0.68 percent. With a lot of your top components, just throw out Tesla down 8%. Apple's down more than that. Uh, Microsoft's in line. Google's okay. Amazon's okay. Just a lot of lot of red here uh, justifying the spoos down 30 handles. Let's see if those buyers have the same appetite for this uh, 4150 area as they did on Monday and Wednesday. A lot of love in the chat for our guests. I always love to hear that, and that's what it's all about. Appreciate the feedback given back to our guests in the chat. Now, um, on that semiconductor chart, Joel, one thing that I noticed, I already had this drawn out, is I had this drawn out way back. I, I, do, I created this actually February 2nd. I was looking for if we would ever get to 50% retracement of oh. the damage of SMH, and we got higher than that. We went 61.8. We went to the golden mean and turned around on the dot there around the 260.50 area. So that's that's a little bit concerning to me. That seems more like it's a kind of like a fib retracement move and we could come back down. So I'm a little worried about that um, today being a little bit of bullish out there. Yeah. But yeah, it made it back. And I, I think when we first drew that line, I thought we would probably never get there. And that was in February. So we, we, we climbed pretty high. 
on that. Yeah, I mean, this whole area, kind of where we're at right now. Uh, we're trading down a buck sixty-three, right? This uh, two forty-eight, two forty-nine area. I mean, you know, this is to me, this is just like a, a similar setup to the S and P, right? You got to yeah. get bid here. You got to stay in this trading range. You got to, you got to show, you got to show those bears that we're not afraid to buy it up here at this level. Uh, on on the monthlies, um, there could be a little bit of concern here, and the reason I I, I mention that is uh you know two monthly highs in the same area uh 6283 and 6357 you definitely want to give back half of that uh and this is probably is nvidia the the top component in this thing i i'm, I'm just guessing i'm here. i'm pretty sure i'll it, check right now right i'll take because this here. did way more than a 50 percent, right i mean way yeah, more i have nvidia's top yeah i mean that's it i mean there you look at it so and that that's still banging on the door. Look at this thing, man. What's going on at 280? Holy mackerel. <laughs> 281.10 is a high of the move. That was made, what's today? Wednesday? That was made, or today's Thursday. So that was made on Tuesday, man. 280. I mean, you, you just got to knock out this 280 guy. And then higher. I'd keep it real. If you're long this thing long term, you want to see this thing get 280 bid. Keep going. This is going to be a... Uh, Big, 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 big tell for the market. All right, team. We're going to do more earning stocks here. We'll do them with our stocks to watch for our Trade Zero segment. Let's keep it going here, team. You guys smash the like. Let's get it going. All right, the first one we're going to go to is American Express as they reported earnings this morning. Q1 EPS $2.40 misses the $2.65 here. Uh, sales of $14.28 billion beat the $14.3 billion estimate. They reaffirmed 23 guidance of 15 to 17% revenue growth and an EPS of $11 and $14. Now they are, of course, increasing their provisions for credit loss up to now $584 million from $116 million a year ago. So what do you think about American Express? Oh man! Uh, <laughs> at at one sixty-two and a half, which is right here, absolutely yeah. nothing. I mean, uh, first things first. Uh, you got a double double bottom layered on top of a double bottom. That's a, above the low of the move. So just playing it for today. I, you know, if you're looking for more, <laughs> hold out for one fifty-nine. It hasn't gotten there yet. If the spoos start to rally, I don't think you'll see that. Uh, but just all kinds of support under under 160, and you're still two and a half bucks away. So if you you know if you're taking a stab here, I think that's really your next areas of support. Uh, coming back on the upside, you might get a gap fill at this one. 163.74 uh, was the bottom of yesterday's range. Uh, if you're looking for like you know wow, these are going to turn around and just jam this thing. Uh, it looks like this 166.50. 166.50 area. I'll even draw a couple lines in here because this is uh, just a better illustrate. You know, you got you got these highs here that you got to bust through, and then boom on the downside. Um, where's my horizontal line? Right here. I mean, boom. 
and you're right in the middle right there, just about 162.50. So that's what I'm looking at in AXP. Pay your bill on time or they really get you. Yeah, one thing I would just say, you said it earlier about that guy in CNBC. Well, maybe the channel range seems to make yeah, sense here. Yeah, 159, 165, it seems like it's just stuck in between there. Um, so we'll see if it actually moves out of those ranges on AXP. Just real quick, I mean, the MasterCard chart looks a heck of a lot better. Hell yeah, a lot better look than that. The, MasterCard. Get, a, uh, get above 374, baby. We're rocking and rolling. And then on the downside, you've been holding this uh, 369 area. So there we go. Also, same chart, right? I mean, pretty much. Look at at that. Yeah. Hmm. We'll see what happens today. Those look like they're doing a lot better than American Express. Let's go to AutoNation here as they reported earnings here. Let's talk about some vehicles here. EPS, $6.07, beat to $5.74 estimate. Sales of $16.4 billion, missed the $16.63 billion estimate. Now, where they got hit on some of this was that their vehicle revenue uh, was falling sharply in Q1. This could also be because prices of used vehicles are coming down, right? Remember how they, they were going crazy, like, People were paying like 30, 40% over the price. Well, that has slowly started coming down. Of course, inflation coming down. Got to get to 140. I see the pre-market high is shy at 139.50. There's only one high there at, uh, at 140. Uh, but the fact that uh, you had a pair of lows just that area too. So get up to 140, clear 140. Not much up there till 145. Coming back on the downside, top of yesterday's range, you can easily see that at uh, 137.18. And before we move on, uh, mm-hmm. who's the company that reported last week that did the same kind of thing? AMX? CarMax, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did, how did that do? Not bad. It's hanging out here just yeah. slightly above the window. Will it fill the window on the downside here, fill some of that gap, and then bounce back? That's what I'd be looking for. So maybe you get a little bit of a gap fill and then a little push back higher. But, of course, I could also maybe take a look at AutoNation, see how that performs today, see if maybe you get a green move. That did peak on the day of its earnings, right? Mm-hmm. And then yep. pull back. And I, I totally see uh, uh, the potential for filling the gap here in CarMax. What else? We'll, we'll see what happens there in CarMax. Let's go to one of your favorites, uh, Joel. Uh, AT&T. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if it's today, but uh, let's talk a little bit about that. Adjusted uh, here coming in at 60 cents beats the 58 cent estimate sales of 30.14 billion missed the 30.26 billion estimate. They did get domestic wireless service revenues up 5.2%. What's going on in AT&T, Joel? Getting smoked. Yeah, what getting it is. Smoked. Yeah. That's in my uh, in-lap portfolio. I never look at portfolio. Perhaps I should. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> uh, big old move for AT&T, down 96 cents. So yeah, big. Uh, just the, the, the fader in me and not the uh, you know longer term investor, I'd be like, find me some lows in the same area. Boom. 1871, 1872. I'd even give it down to a gap fill. What do you what do you do? You got a gap fill here down to 1835. 
you know, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but I could see it coming down, filling that gap, lulling everyone to sleep, thinking it's going to 17, and then maybe a little bit of rally. But AT&T down 97 cents. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if the bulls uh, try and take advantage of that discount to yesterday's closing price. And one more that you clearly see here also in the net change down is uh, the pool. Leslie pools. Uh, I know uh, Jason Rasnick likes this one. I'm about to call him up. See how, see what he likes right now. But let's talk a little bit about pool here. Uh, the Q1 EPS here, $2.58, missing the $3.25 estimate. Sales of $1.2 billion, missed the $1.3 billion estimate. Is this just that? I don't know. Are people just not taking care of their pools this year or what's going on? Not, I don't know. I mean, there's such a lag on building them. Uh, I'm not seeing anything really in this 325 area. Uh, let's see. What's your, what's your, no, nah, that's below that. I, I Just for today. I mean, if you're looking for more downside, uh, you got a couple lows surrounding that 320 area. So that's, I'd be looking at after that. <laughs> It's ugly between 320 and 300, yeah. but I don't know. doesn't look like the market's going to get totally killed today. I look to see it come into that support. And to get to the bottom of yesterday's range, that's going to take a pretty good rally up to 332.30. All right. And, of course, yesterday uh, we did get Netflix coming back, but today it's starting to come right back down a little bit here. Um, what do you think about Netflix chart, Joel? Mm. You didn't get to really see this one. But it got bought back on the report. It got hit hard on the it report. Did. Came right back. Actually, over the where it came on the close. Then yesterday, it got hit through kind of the, that body support and came back again. Now we're near the same levels. Around like kind of that 318.60, 318.50 level. What do you think about these? I think it's uh, clear. If this is just – if they really you know want to buy this after the report – they're going to defend at yesterday's low at 316.10. Mm -hmm. Boom. And put a couple low, you know, whether it's a little bit lower, a little bit higher. Uh, but that's the bogey. If not, I think, you know, boom, just like the charts reflected in the uh, in the after hours, I think it's thin under that. Uh, coming back on the upside here, people that did bought that dip and maybe took it home longer to be looking for that closing price at 323.12. So very important for the bulls to hold that 316.10 low. Uh, and get back above that closing price. So, all right, Mitch, I'm going to let you take it uh, the rest of the way. Uh, the area of Monday and Wednesday's low, the Bulls are still trying to defend it there. So we'll see how that carries over into the regular session. Uh, great to be back. Everyone have a great trading day. I'm going to hop over and uh, cover some more issues on Pre-Market Prep Plus. Great job, Mitch. I'll check in with you later on. Love it, Joel. Good to have you back. And like always, you guys can check out, of course, Trade Zero. If you guys are looking for an extensive locates, if you're looking for some shorts, need some help out there, definitely check out Trade Zero. Click the link below to get your three months for free of Trade Zero's flagship software, Zero Pro. Throwing it up the link here. Going to start wrapping it up, team. Like always, smash the like button. There's going to be more for you guys right here on Benzinga. We got live trading coming up next. Zunaid, myself, and Ryan ready to get after it. Ready to go ahead and see what I can get into. I've been killing it lately. Want to keep it going. You guys know I have the swing trade on KRE right now. I'm going to keep watch to see what happens with that one. And yesterday, if you guys missed, we did 
Of course, more Japanese candlestick trading techniques. You guys get into the book club. The book club, of course, I will let you guys know is going to be on a little bit of hiatus as I go on my cruise. But man, we are ripping through some patterns. So if you guys want to learn some action here, we were just going through continuation patterns and talking about windows also. That's why you heard me mention today about that gap, right? We'll be, be filling some gaps. You want to learn a little bit more about some technical analysis? Definitely check out, of course, our book club. This is my biggest kind of venture this year that I've been trying to get into. And it's all about giving back to you guys out there. There's too much time where we try to get from you guys. I wanted to give back this year. So I made the book club to go ahead and push you guys' skill to the next level. Hit the thumbs up. I will see you guys later on, of course, live trading. Don't go anywhere, team. We got a lot more for you guys right here. Let's get you guys over now to live trading. Smash the like. And Luke, you get the book club right there. Hit the like. It's good to see you guys in the chat. Tony, Luke, Ivan, all you guys in the chat. Much love out there. Let's keep it going. Let's roll up these sleeves and see what this market can give us today.